0: Historian's Guide to Modern Board Games. I'm your host, Jaina, and I'm here to sift through all the boring parts of history, bringing you the interesting backgrounds of today's modern games and mechanisms. In the next couple of episodes, we'll be exploring the crazy popular genre of deck building, which is probably one of the more recent inventions that led to a totally new type of game. So, what exactly is deck building? For this discussion, there are two important definitions and distinctions that I want to start with. First, a disclaimer: As always, I'll post my references for these definitions in the show notes. I mostly started with discussions on Borgin Geek, but then I added my own interpretations and clarifications from there. In other words, feel free to argue with my definitions all you want. First, of course, we need to define deck building. The general consensus and the definition that I'll be using here is that deck building games involve each player having a deck of cards that they are modifying by adding and or removing cards over the course of the game. Typically, at the start of the game, each player will draw a certain number of cards from their starting deck, play those cards to gain resources or trigger certain actions, use those resources to do a variety of potential actions, which most importantly includes gaining new cards to add to their deck or removing cards from their deck. The played cards are then discarded, and a new hand of cards is drawn. Traditionally, any cards gained in a round are added to the player's discard pile to be drawn later on when the discard pile is reshuffled into a new deck once the player has drawn all cards from their original deck. There, of course, are many variations on that process now, but the general gist is that much of the game is card-based, and that the deck you have at the end of the game will be very different from the deck you started the game with, or it Probably should be if you want any chance of winning. A tighter definition could be that a main strategic point of deck building games consists of adding and or removing cards to create a deck unique to each player over the course of the game, where the effectiveness of that deck will have an important impact on your chances of winning. This, in turn, is contrasted with a deck construction game. There are many styles of deck construction games, including trading or collectible card games and living card games. While all of these games do involve building a deck, the main difference between them is in how and when you build that deck. In deck construction games, you often buy a starter pack of cards that you can initially play with. Then you'll end up purchasing more cards later on to change up and build a more effective deck. Based on previous plays, you're trying to tweak your deck to do better the next time you play. Or sometimes you may be competing in a draft tournament where all participants start by drafting their deck from a pool of cards, choosing cards based on previous experience and play style. Most importantly, though, the deck building doesn't actually happen during the game itself, even though it is an important part of the game. While collecting or trading card games, which I'll now call TCGs, and living card games, aka LCGs, have similar deck constructing mechanisms, how you get new cards differs between them. The most well-known example of a TCG is Magic the Gathering, which first came out in 1993. Disney L'Orcana is another example of a TCG that has recently come out and has been getting lots of attention recently. A big part of these games is buying separate booster packs or individual cards to keep up with how the game evolves over time, especially when playing in competitive settings. Booster packs are frequently released, with each pack containing a certain number of unknown cards of differing rarities, which encourages players to buy multiple booster packs looking for that specific card they need to really bring their deck together. Maybe they'll meet up with other players and trade some of their cards in order to get the card they're looking for. Huge communities can spring up around these types of games as people come together to trade cards and compete in tournaments. This differs from LCGs, a type of deck construction game invented and trademarked by Fantasy Flight Games, a large publishing company. LCGs are similar to TCGs in that the goal is to create the most effective deck possible by adding and removing cards between games. But instead of getting random booster packs and searching for the cards you want, LCGs have set releases of new card packs, with each pack containing a single set of cards, which are the same between all copies of that pack. And often those packs will also introduce new challenges or scenarios Scenarios to overcome, especially for the cooperative ones. LCGs, on that note, can be competitive or cooperative. Android Netrunner and Legend of the Five Rings are examples of competitive LCGs with huge followings, whereas Arkham Horror the Card Game and Lord of the Rings the Card Game are examples of popular cooperative LCGs. In a cooperative LCG, players are building decks to tackle specific scenarios set out by the game, with each scenario introducing specific challenges and goals to be accomplished. New scenarios and cards, often called cycles, are continuously being released so there's always something new to explore. While TCGs and LCGs somewhat vary in how you obtain new cards and the mechanisms of playing them, the main idea of all of them boils down to trying to construct the most effective deck between plays. So. To summarize, deck building games involve each player creating a unique deck of cards throughout the course of the game and are usually self-contained in that all cards are included in the main game with no need to buy boosters or individual separate cards. Deck construction games involve playing a game and then tweaking your deck in between games by adding or removing certain cards from your deck, with extra cards often acquired either through trading with other players or by buying booster packs, or by purchasing new cycles to introduce new cards and challenges. Of course, there are many other variations that have sprung up, including bag building and pool building, but we'll come back to those later. Whew! Okay. Okay. That was a pretty long-winded definition for deck building and deck construction, but I think it's important that we're all starting on the same page. It's also possible that I may have gone down a bit of a TCG rabbit hole, as I'm not super familiar with them, but I am now ready to get back to the topic at hand, namely, what was the first deck building game? I bet most people are saying Dominion, and if you're one of them, well, of course, you're wrong! Well, okay, not entirely wrong, but it would be a really short episode if I went with that common attribution, and, well, you know me at least a little bit by now, since I uh, managed to stretch the history of and Wrights out to three episodes. So, one could easily argue that Dominion wasn't really the first to use deck building, and since I said it, I might as well go ahead and do that now. Starcraft the board game came out the year before Dominion, and it has a deck building mechanism in it. To be fair, the deck building is a small portion of the game where you can research new technologies to add to your starting combat deck, and each starting combat deck is unique to the race you're playing as, as are the cards you're adding. Once you've played all your combat cards, you reshuffle the deck. Sounds an awful lot like deck building, huh? That said, given the previous existence of collectible card games, it's highly likely that two different designers could come up with the idea of deck building independently. But we'll get more into that later. First, I want to dive into every single game on BGG that has bag, deck, and pool building listed as a mechanism that was released before Dominion, which came out in 2008. Oh, oh shoot, please don't panic and stop listening now. Uh, That came out wrong. Unlike with Roland rights, I'm not actually going to list them one at a time. And thankfully, I didn't even have to go through them one at a time myself either, as there is a wonderful blog post by user Simone M on Board Game Geek where they did exactly that. As always, I'll link to the blog post in the show notes so you can take a closer look at all the possible contenders for first deck building game and at Simone M's detailed reasoning of eliminating them, as I am blatantly stealing, you know, a fair amount of their amazingly detailed research work here. Okay, first up is Slapshot, originally published in 1982. This one actually comes pretty close to being a deck builder, surprisingly but it doesn't quite get there. Each player has a starting deck and while players are adding to that deck with new cards, they're receiving those cards from other players or from face down draw piles. So how your deck evolves isn't really controlled by the players themselves. That said, the players do have control over which cards leave their deck, and having a culling mechanism is a pretty important part of many deck building games, so it's cool to see a sort of precursor for that here. If you want to give Slapshot a try, it was reprinted in 2011, so you might actually be able to track down a copy. Okay, next up is Scarab Lords, published in 2002. This one is interesting for a few reasons, not least of which because it was designed by prolific game designer Reiner Knizia. Our first Knizia reference of the episode. Anyone want to place bets on there ever being a topic without a Knizia reference? Any takers? I'll give you great odds if you want to bet that there will be a Knizia-less topic. Anyways, I love Reiner Knizia and admire his skill for creating games with straightforward rules that always have some little clever twist that makes you think and keeps them all interesting. Okay, all right. with my Reiner Knizia fangirling out of the way, let's talk about Scarab Lords. Scarab Lords is a two-player only card game where each player has a preset deck of cards from which you're playing cards into six different areas over the course of the game, vying for control of each of those areas. Definitely no deck building there. Where a bit of potential deck building sneaks in is in the advanced variant. In that variant, you and your opponent will play three consecutive games. And after the first and second game, each player will discard five selected cards out of their deck and add them to a separate bonus deck of 24 cards. Then, the loser of that match gets to select 5 cards from that bonus deck to add back into their deck, and the winner will do the same afterwards. The players can choose any of the cards in the bonus deck, including the original bonus deck cards or cards that they or their opponent discarded. In effect, the players are building their decks between rounds in the game, trying to fix holes or strategic errors in their deck that they observed in prior rounds. This actually sounds a lot like the recent game Challengers, where you're competing in a capture-the-flag tournament and have the ability to upgrade your deck in between each round. Challengers is listed as a deck-building game, and while it doesn't quite match the classic description of deck-building, it certainly does have that feel. So why would Scarab Lords not count? It's a tough call, but I think since the standard version of play it doesn't even include the deck building phase, and as it only occurs twice in each game with the advanced variant, that's only 10 cards that you can swap out each game, or roughly one-third of your deck. To me, that doesn't quite feel like deck building, and the size of your deck never actually changes even. Also, as this card selection happens between rounds, one could argue that it's more deck construction than deck building, but I'll disagree a little bit on that front. Yes, it is definitely deck construction as you're not adding cards during the game proper, but you're also not constructing your decks before you start playing, so to me it is closer to deck building than deck construction. That said, I think the mechanism of adding new cards to your deck in Scarab Lords is different enough from the definition of deck building that we went, you know, went through up top uh, that I would agree it's not really a deck building game, primarily because the vast majority of gameplay is about strategically playing down your cards to buy for control, not building a deck. To counter, I do feel like Challenger should be counted as an evolution of deck building, but I'll get back to that one later. Okay, there's one last game that I'm going to mention before we get to Dominion, and that is Seasons the Calendar Rummy Game. To me, this game really highlights the subtlety in what makes a deck building game a deck building game, rather than a game where you have a deck of cards that you're adding new cards to. Rummy is usually played with a standard deck of cards that has many variations. My family often played a variation called 11 Cent's. The general gist of Rummy is that you're trying to get rid of all the cards in your hand by laying down sets of the same value or runs of cards, i.e. three, four, five, six, etc. Everyone is dealt a hand of cards with one card turned face up to start a discard pile. And on your turn, you either draw the top card of the discard or draw a card from the top of the deck. Then you can play cards from your hand that form a set or a run, if you can. Or you can add to a previously played set or run. At the end of your turn, you discard a card, which signals the next person's turn. The goal of the game is to be the first person to lay down all of your cards, and usually you're playing to a certain point value. From that description, you may be wondering how Romeo is related to deck building at all, and you would be absolutely right what Seasons introduces is a unique deck for each player, with each deck being based on a specific season of the year. Where the potential for deck building comes in is that over the course of play, you can steal cards from other players' decks and add them to your own in an attempt to improve your chances of winning. Unfortunately, I can't actually find the rules for Seasons online, so I can't get the full details of how this works in reality, but this does actually sound the closest to deck building of anything so far. You are actively gaining cards over the course of play to try and improve your deck and thus improving your chances of winning. So why am I ultimately going to eliminate it as a deck building game? Well, It's a little tricky without having the full rules of how stealing cards works, but my intuition is that each turn is still more about getting rid of your cards by forming sets and runs than about trying to gain cards into your to me, the deck building mechanism is, at its heart, purely a choice that really centers around having access to a certain number of resources each turn, thanks to the cards that are currently in your hand, and figuring out how best to spend those resources to gain new cards. There are so many variations on that now, thanks to games that integrate a bunch of other mechanisms with that, you know, such as Lost Runes of Arnak or Dune Imperium, but to me, the deck building aspects of all of these games is still about that core decision of how and when to spend spend resources on adding cards to your deck, and which cards to add to further your strategy. In Rummy, I would argue that, that there aren't that many different strategic approaches to win the game, as ultimately, it's still about getting rid of all your cards. As opposed to something like Lost Ruins of Arnak, where the winner has the most points at the end of the game. And... Points can be gained in multiple ways, and everyone could conceivably take a different strategic approach to getting those points, like, you know, focusing on going up the research temple, building a bigger and more powerful deck, and or tackling the guardians on the board. Due to the lack of resource management and more linear path of winning to Rummy, in my mind, the potential deck building aspects of Seasons are not likely to be approached in the same way that they are in games that match the modern definition of deck building. Plus, I expect that it will still follow the standard Rummy format of having one hand being dealt from your deck, which is what you're playing with throughout the round. So that especially, to me, eliminates the feeling of turning through your deck that feels pretty common to all modern deck building mechanisms. That said, it's a tough call to make when I haven't actually read the rules, and now that Seasons the Calendar Rummy game is firmly on my thrifting radar, maybe I'll be able to come back and update my thoughts in the future. Okay. Okay. And that brings us back to where we started the episode, which is with Starcraft the board game and Dominion, of course. Having romped our way through some older games with deck building mechanisms and seeing some variations that in my mind don't quite get to the modern definition we started with, I'm pretty comfortable with calling Starcraft the actual first deck building game, thanks to how you build up and use your combat deck. That said, I'm confident that the genre wouldn't be what it is now without Dominion, so I am still comfortable with crowning Dominion as the deck-building granddaddy. And that will bring deck-building part one to a close. I hope you'll join me for the next episode where we'll explore how Dominion came to be and how the deck-building genre has changed and evolved since then, along with some variations on deck-building that have popped up over the years. If you've enjoyed this episode of A Nerd Story Guide to Modern Board Games, then my name is Jaina, and you're invited to hit that subscribe button, and if you're feeling super generous, you can even leave a five-star review to spread the love. If you haven't enjoyed this episode, then I'm Sharon, Jaina's co-host on Ancy to Gancy, and kudos to you for getting to the end of a podcast that you don't enjoy. Until next time, bye!